You've heard nonstop about quarterbacks, and there's no shortage of attention for running backs, tight ends, or receivers. But what about the position that makes up almost half the offense? It's time we shift the spotlight to the group that makes the O Show go. It's time to talk offensive line. I'm Nick Kelly, and this is Knowledgeable Receivers. Welcome to episode two of Ineligible Receivers, a podcast where we talk all things offensive line each and every show. For this episode, I was joined by Mike Adams, who is a former second round draft pick out of Ohio State. He started in 20 of 41 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 2012 through 2014, then missed 2015 with a back injury before he played for the Chicago Bears in 2016. And when he was in Pittsburgh, Mike played both left and right tackle, blocking for the likes of Ben Roethlisberger and helping Le'Veon Bell lead the league in rushing one year. And Mike faced some of the best defenders the NFL has to offer in recent memory, including Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, Geno Atkins, Jared Allen, Terrell Suggs. The list goes on and on. We covered all of that as well as some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that offensive linemen go through. Mike was very open with me about what it's like to be an offensive lineman in the NFL and the struggles he and other teammates had with their difficult relationship with food and the financial ramifications that had. I didn't even realize about the fines that they had to deal with as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with former NFL offensive tackle Mike Adams. Mike, how are you? Oh, doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I want to go back to the very beginning for you. As an O-lineman, why did you become an O-lineman? Um, so I actually didn't become an O-lineman by choice. Um, I was a defensive end, three technique at Dublin Kaufman. And uh, Dublin Kaufman High School, all freshmen have to play freshman football. Uh, or at least back when I was there, we did. And um, so we had like seven Division One players on our freshman team, went 9-0. and uh, We won by like an, a margin of like 50 points a game. We were Wow. Yeah, we were pretty good. Um, So then the next year, going up to play varsity, uh, you know, I was approached by the high school line coach, the varsity line coach, and you know, he said, "You're going to be, you're going to be playing O line from now on." You know, and I was not happy about it. You know what I mean? I wanted to be sacking quarterbacks, making tackles for loss, doing all that stuff. Um, But you know, I quickly, uh, quickly came to learn that you know I was going to be really good at this O line thing. You know what I mean? I uh, was playing left tackle and you know was in high school killing kids and um you know I just really really fell in love with it um I had played O-line in little league and stuff like that but I also played D-line and just liked it a lot more so did you have to add a lot of size or anything when you switched from D-line to O-line or how was that process um yeah I mean whenever I was in high school things were, were a lot different than they are now you know a lot now a lot more of these kids are so much more conscious about training and just there's so much more information out there about training and nutrition and all these things um so my freshman year i think i was like six four six five two fifty um pretty tall lean kid uh, a lot more like i am now um and then from that summer when i found out i had to play a line you know i had like these these pictures of like you know jonathan ogden orlando pace and uh, Walter Jones, you know, all these like huge, like 350, 330 pound guys, you know what I mean? Who could move like, like deer, you know? 
And so at that point, I was like, man, I'm going to be playing O-line, left tackle, like these guys, and I'm wearing number 75, like Orlando Pace. Uh, you know, I'm like, man, I guess I better put some size on. So, you know, I had a growth spurt also through the summer, and I was my sophomore year. I got there about like 6'5", 6'6", 6'6 and a half or so, and I was about 290. Um, and then, you know, when I finished high school, I was pretty much like 6'7", 310 pounds or so. And, uh, yeah, man, so I put the size on quick and, um, you know, put on a lot of strength and all that with it as well. Well, obviously, when you're in high school, you talk about you don't have the same resources as you did then at Ohio State or in the NFL. But I'm just really curious, like, what is it like as an lineman in the NFL in terms of the nutrition aspect, like what you're eating, uh, how you're lifting? Like, just take us through all that. Uh, well, you know, like, so there's no such thing as a natural 300-pounder, you know, and I, that's like a misconception that a lot of people get, you know, like you get you get these guys like me who have been big like their whole life and um, there's this, you know, they're told to be big, encouraged to be big and all that because it does help with the job. And um, there's this misconception that, you know, we're just naturally these big dudes and like, which we might naturally be big, but not that big. Um, so as a high school kid, um, you know, I'm going through growth spurts and I'm hungry as, hungry as heck all the time. So I was just, you know, I'm eating whole large pizzas, uh, you know, a box of cereal that lasts me two bowls, you know what I mean? Um, you know, crazy things like that, drinking a lot of Gatorade and stuff because, you know, we're running a lot, conditioning a lot for football, and you think Gatorade's healthy and not realizing there's like 64 grams of sugar in that little bottle, um, which, you know, that crazy. whole thing, uh, the sugar aspect is really the thing. And uh, But, you know, once I got to college and um, kind of got a little more grasp on nutrition and all that kind of stuff, and um, what it took, I just really just had to eat about double or triple what you're supposed to eat pretty much for every meal, um, just to be able to keep that weight on to stay a constant 300 pounds. Um, and then when I got to the NFL, um, the NFL, things are a lot different. You know, when you're training in college, you're training as a team. You know what I mean? Every workout um, is with your strength coach and your whole team. And, you know, it's like very regulated, very regimented. Um, but when you get to the NFL, you're kind of responsible for that all yourself, you know, whether it be hiring your own trainer, um, you know, but you can work out with the, at the team facility and stuff like that. But then, you know, you're also responsible for your own diet and all those things. Um, so for me, as a 22 year old rookie, um, with, you know, six figures, seven figures or whatever in the bank. And, um, for the first time ever, you know, I, automatically you're going to start eating a lot more like really good food so a lot more fillets a lot more stuff at good restaurants a lot more capital grill hyde park type of stuff and you know we're just crushing all this stuff like a lot of meat you know what i mean like that's one thing is like i didn't really get into eating a lot of veggies and stuff until i was done playing like man i need to lose this weight to save my life um type of thing but uh yeah man it's just a lot of eating i know for a couple years i was like so my rookie year, I got all the way up to 360 pounds. And uh, me and Marcus Gilbert and Max Starks were the tackles. And there was a time when Marcus Gilbert was like 370-something. Max was like 400 pounds. And I was like 360 pounds, right? And in the NFL, um, you can get fined for every pound that you're overweight or every pound that you're underweight. So I just remember there's one day Coach Tomlin comes in after we weigh in on every Thursday. And he was like, 
man, what the hell have y'all been doing? You know what I mean? He's like, uh, he's like, man, y'all got to lose some weight or I'm getting in your pockets straight up. You know what I mean? And it's like, you can get fined like $1,200 a pound or something. Um, yeah. So it's crazy. Um, yeah. And I came in at, uh, 323 pounds and I was all the way up to 360. So that was no good. So, um, after, I think after my second year, I, uh, I really got health conscious and, um, I played the, the next couple of years at like 300 pounds, 295. And I was on the opposite side now where they would be like, Hey man, you need to put on a couple pounds, you know? So at that point I'm eating clean every day, working out real hard and I'm lean, strong. Um, but then I'm having to go home and like eat good, but then smash a couple milkshakes before I go to bed or like half a pizza just to be able to make weight. Um, so it was, it's man, being a lineman is such a roller coaster. Um, you know what I mean? There's, there's two ends you can be on either too light or too big. Um, and it's, it's hard to be just right, you know, but once you find that spot, you got to just crush calories all day. I mean, I'm probably talking like 10, you know, close to 10,000 calories a day. Wow. That's crazy. Well, and especially because, you know, I can imagine it'd be so tough to toggle that because of the, the need to constantly maintain that weight in terms of you're burning all these calories, especially in camp, I'm sure. And we'll also, so you got to, you're burning a lot so you can eat more, but also not eating too much. So how, I mean, how did you eventually find that right balance or like, what did that look like for you in terms of the daily eating schedule? Um, yeah, man, you said it just right. I mean, like, uh, so practice, they have these things where they monitor your activity and practice, like um, your, you know, how much, how many calories you burn, your workload, uh, how intense the workload is. And the workload for the offensive line, um, oftentimes at the, the very beginning of practice, we do individual periods. So it's just O-line drills with our coach. And the O-linemen, our workload just for that period alone was, uh, was larger than most other positions hold practice, which is crazy. Um, so, you know, how they say the game is won in the trenches, uh, absolutely is. Um, but so for me, when I found my good eating regimen, you know, I'd go in. Um, during the season, we eat at the facility, you know, three meals a day and then go home and eat. Um, but, you know, for me, it was kind of just finding out for breakfast, you know, I'd have maybe some turkey bacon, um, two or three eggs and some oatmeal um, and then uh, a glass of chocolate milk and a couple of waters. Right. And then um, after that, uh, in the O-line room, we keep that thing stocked with snacks. A rookie has to keep the snacks in there. Uh, if they don't, they get fined or, you know, they might. I think Kelvin Beecham forgot to bring the snacks in one day a rookie year and um, everything in his locker got thrown in the cold tub, including his phone and everything. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very serious business. You know, you don't you don't mess with the linemen and their snacks. And, um, you know, that's just how it is. And uh, so we would have like all kinds of different granola bars and all that. And we had a refrigerator in our meeting room full of all the different colored Gatorades and waters. Um, but it was really funny after practice. Uh, our strength coach would say, if you're over 300 pounds, you're only allowed to drink G2. Uh, so, you know, pretty funny. But, yeah, and then, you know, we uh, have those snacks, and then we get to lunch. And for lunch, that's, like, right before practice. Um, so you're looking at maybe, like, um, you know, maybe some grilled chicken, some green beans or something like that, or uh, maybe a sandwich, like a big sandwich. Um, and then you're going to go out, and you're going to burn, you know, about 1,000 calories or more. And, um, 
you know, it's a two hour practice. So yeah, you're looking at about like a thousand to 1200 calories probably. And uh, then you come in and you're like completely depleted, you know, so you might have like a, a protein shake and a bar and then hit the weight room before meetings, um, get a, get a lift in for an hour or so, and then head up to meetings, have, have another protein shake, couple more bars, some snacks, couple Gatorades, couple waters. And, uh, and then for dinner, you know, we're loading up. So uh, dinner is definitely like a, you know, a two, 3000 calorie meal, maybe more. Um, and then you go home and you have your real dinner, you know, you're at home. That's where you're eating, um, you know, a couple thousand more calories, you know, whatever it may be, some steak and uh, some different veggies, potatoes, sweet, like mashed sweet potatoes is like my best friend. Um, and I mean, coincidentally, it was like one of the only foods I ate when I was like really trying to buckle down and lose weight after the after the league. Um, but then, like I said, you know, before bed, you got to basically have another dinner. Um, so I would, you know, just be trying to eat whatever I could to pack on calories, whether it was burgers or pizza and milkshakes or whatever, you know, just to be able to maintain that weight because we're also we're eating so many meals and we're working out so much. Our metabolism is extremely fast um you know i mean it's not like the average person who eats all this food and like um you know like you know they don't ever burn it off or like you know they only you know guys who eat that bad you know they poop like once every like five days or something crazy you know what i mean oh my gosh um but like in the nfl our metabolism is so fast so you're constantly burning you're constantly you know like all that and um so yeah man it's just uh it's like having the metabolism of like one of those like a marathon runner but you're 300 plus pounds so you got to keep eating and eating and eating yeah and what i mean as far as your mental health or just like maintain your sanity when you're going through all this i mean what was that like man um so mental health in the foot in the football world is not a thing um it's not something that you want to talk about you know you you go to work and you're talking about you know your mental health is doing bad, like you might just get fired. They might just let a guy go, you know? So um, that's something that you just kind of put, you put your mental health on the back burner and you're just football focused all the time. Um, like I think, uh, so I was going, after I got done with Pittsburgh, you know, I had back surgery, um, really long rehab process. I lost some weight to, for the rehab process to be able to heal better, less stress on my joints. Got down to like 265. And, um, you know, I get a call, you know, teams start calling, asking if I'm going to play again. And, you know, I had every plan to play again. And, uh, you know, I told the Bears that if I healed up right, that I would come work out for them first. Um, so I get a call from them and they're like, hey, man, like, how soon can you be ready? And I'm like, well, you know, I think I weigh about 285 at this point. And um, Sorry about that. I think I weigh about 285 at this point. And uh, I told them I would probably need about 10 days. So I'm like, I can I can eat 15 pounds in a week and a half easy, you know. Um, so right after I hang up the phone, I go look at the scale and I'm freaking 270. So I'm like, oh, man, and they want me at like 300 pounds. So I'm like, damn, like I got to really eat. I'm like, How am I going to do this? So I ate 16,000 calories a day. For 10 days and uh, I would literally have to like force feed myself it was miserable it was absolutely miserable 
I, I bet. I, wow. I started, I cut my workouts down from two workouts a day to one. So I wasn't burning as much. And yeah, I would have to eat so much. I'd have to lay down on my back just so that I wouldn't throw up. Um, yeah, it was, it was not good. Uh, so the relationship with food that we have as linemen is just not, not healthy at all. Um, it's a, it's a gain weight, keep weight on by any means necessary type of deal, which, you know, is never healthy. You know, it's like, uh, I mean, it's probably just as bad as being like, I'd say, you know, like anorexic or bulimic or anything like that. It's, it's totally an eating disorder. Um, but you know, when, when you're that big and you sustain it that long and you're just so used to eating that much, um, you know, you kind of just normalize it, rationalize it. And that is what it is. Um, you know, it, it's what got us to the NFL and it's what helped us all, you know, make a living and, you know, live a life that a lot of people could only dream of. Um, but yeah, you don't really kind of see the whole mental health side of it until you kind of get done playing and, you know, you're faced with this whole world of like, well, I stopped playing football and now that whole part of like my day-to-day -day identity is just gone um, overnight, you know, and, um, you know, you kind of get to the point where you're like, well, you got to find what you're passionate about um, outside of the game. And you also got to start thinking about your physical health because, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be that big, like you're not going to live as long, you know what I mean? You put your heart at risk, high blood pressure, um, diabetes, all those kind of things. And, um, you know, guys who like for linemen, when you get done playing, you either get really small or you get really, really big. Um, and I just knew I wanted to be on the really small side of that. Yeah. one, And you look great. I know you lost a ton of weight after, after uh, you finished playing and, I mean, for you, what, what was the, the biggest shift or what did you have to mentally shift just because food was almost not enjoyment or even nutrition as much as it was a means for you to play. But what, what was the mental switch that you went through afterward to be able to lose that weight and, and be really trim now? Um, for me, it was just kind of learning about what exactly the foods were doing that I was eating. You know what I mean? Like, uh, learning how my body responded to certain foods, learning what was really good. Um, you know, and I think a big part of like being big like that is you don't have a good relationship with sugar. You eat way too much sugar um, and way too much starch. Um, so for me, I pretty much just cut out white starchy foods, which was white bread, white pasta, white rice, um, and like those kind of things. And, uh, and I added in a lot more vegetables. So, um, which was something that I didn't do that much of while I was playing. Um, so my diet completely changed and I started eating to fuel my body rather than to make my body bigger. Um, so I still eat, you know, five, five or six times a day. Um, but I eat way smaller portions. I ate a lot more vegetables. Um, and my relationship with sugars changed a lot. I really like the fruit I eat. Um, I really only eat fruit right before or right after I work out. Um, that way it doesn't store sugar or fat, you know, if I eat it before bed or something like that. Um, you know, I eat it right before, right after I work out so that I burn it off really quick. Um, you know, cause those, those carbs are like your number one source of energy. So it's important to have them. Um, but it's just all about timing it up right, uh, for you. No, it's terrific insight. And, and again, congrats on, uh, your post playing success in terms of, uh, being in great shape. But, uh, no, I mean, really this is, I didn't know so much about this side of the, the physical side of, of uh, when we watch you guys play on Sundays and, and this has been really insightful. Now I do want to go and talk a little bit about Sundays and playing on Sundays oh, heck I mean, yeah. for you, because, you know, 
you have to bulk up to be able to face some of these huge defensive linemen, linebackers. Who were some of the toughest you faced and what made them so difficult during your time? Oh, man. Well, you know, playing the offensive tackle position, I played against, um, you know, some of the biggest freaks on the field. You know, we're ta- my first game, I played against Von Miller. Um, you know, we're talking Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, Mario Williams, Terrell Suggs, um, Dwight Freeney, and, and Robert Mathis, uh, playing against them as a rookie. Um, you know, like all types of oh, Justin Houston and Tomba Lee on the same defense, you know, that's right. Yeah. Um, Jared Allen's like all the all the guys, you know, what I mean, these are like you know, some of the best athletes in all of sports. These are 260, 290 pound guys who are running anywhere from a 4.6 to a 4.440. So, you know, they're running as fast as the wideouts in a 40 yard dash, but they're crazy 60 pounds. It's, it's unbelievable. And you have to run backwards, not run backwards, but when you're in your pass set, yeah, you you're move, moving move backwards, backwards. And they're in a sprinter stance, just ears pinned back going at you. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, you've got to be big enough, strong enough, heavy enough to stop that, you know? And, um, and, you know, you have to have great footwork, your hands, your pan placement and your punch has to be on point all the time, every time. Or, you know, like you said, um, you know, guys don't really hear about us when we're doing well. You hear about everybody else because we make that go. Um, but when one of us does bad, it makes us all look bad and you hear about it right away. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and how much can like quarterback play, maybe even specifically a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, how much can they help you as an old lineman by either changing plays, you know, stepping up, moving around? How much can a quarterback's play help an old lineman when you are battling these guys on the D line or linebackers who really do have an advantage just because of pure laws of physics? Um, the biggest way a quarterback can help an O-line is by getting the ball out quick. And that's why, uh, you know, you see a guy like Tom Brady, who's been so successful for so long, he gets the ball out quick, quick, quick. Um, and, you know, there's limited times where his O-line knows that they're going to have to hang in there and block for four or five seconds. Um, you know, playing with a guy like Ben, a little bit different playing style. He like to hold on to the ball. You know, you see him breaking a lot of tackles. Um, and, you know, his playing style for him fits great. And for the O-lines that he's had fits great. Um, but it's just – it's a little more stressful for us because then we got to block for longer than most guys. And, you know, we're watching film and we're watching these guys and we're like, man, these guys are like – no wonder they're like they don't give up any sacks. Their quarterback gets the ball out in two seconds every play. We block for four, four to six seconds, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, like being able to protect that long really speaks volumes about the O-line and about our coaching and about um, how physical guys are. Um, because that's one thing about pass blocking. Although we're moving backwards, we're not passive. Um, you know what I mean? Pass blocking is aggressive. Um, you're out there punching the hell out of guys, and, um, you know, you're really getting after it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an awesome part of the game. It's a stressful part of the game. Um, I'll tell you, third and six um, is a part of the game that nobody, nobody really likes, but you gotta, you got to thrive in that moment, though. Yeah, and, and of course, when you were there too, your time crossed with like James Harrison, right? Did you you have to go oh, yeah. some fair yeah. amount of practice? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so James, uh, my rookie year, you know, I'm I'm taking first team reps, second team reps, and scout team reps in practice, and usually you only have to do one of those. Um, so I'm getting three times the amount of reps. I'm going against James all the time, and man, I'll tell you, like James Harrison is one of the greatest guys I ever met. He's uh, such a good man, funny guy, um, family guy. Uh, just a really, really great vet to be around in the league, him and Brett Kiesel. Um, but James, man, you know, he, 
he was incredible because his center of gravity is so low. He's like 5'11". You know what I mean? Right. He's not a tall guy, but he's huge. Um, but he, you know, would teach me so much stuff about using my hands and all that. And um, so it was great being able to work with him. And then my second year, he went to the Bengals, so I played against him. So that was, uh, that was pretty fun as well. Yeah, and for you as a tackle, as a tall guy, at like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, would you rather go against a bigger guy who's more size or a guy like James that's more compact but that low center of gravity? Uh, I always like playing against the taller guys more. Um, okay. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it really didn't matter. It's just it's all about getting your hands on a guy. You know, once you can get your hands on a guy, um, get a good punch on a guy, neutralize his rush, um, as we say in the O-line world, um, you know, get a good punch on him, make him make his head jerk back and kind of get out of that hole, you know what they do, spinning and ripping and knocking your hands off. Um, once you once you get locked onto a guy and you get that feeling where you're controlling him, kind of driving him, um, that's when you know like you're in a good position. No doubt. Now, you also had another interesting kind of challenge when you were there. That was when Le'Veon Bell was doing really well, and I believe he led the league in rushing. You guys helped him in 2014 do that. But, of course, anyone who's watched Le'Veon Bell play knows he has a very different rushing style, which forces you guys to block differently. What was that like blocking for him, and how did you maybe change your mindset? Um, you know, blocking for Le'Veon was so great. Um, and it was because we never had to change what we did. He changed according to us. You know what I mean? For us, you know, as linemen, it's just, you know, get on your blocks, stick on your blocks, drive guys, be physical, um, you know, take the take the punch to them. Don't let them bring the punch to you. You can be the hammer or the nail, and I damn sure don't want to be the nail in that situation. So, uh, you know, it was just all about being physical and letting El Bell do what he does, man. It was, uh, it was really great to see, you know, and see how frustrated defenses would get. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was awesome getting to watch him kind of, grow into his playing style and all that. And, uh, you know, he was one of those guys who came out of college at like 240-something. And then um, I think his second year in the league, he got down to like 212 or 215. And that's when you've seen him really starting to do some of that sideways movement and that um, really patient stuff that he's known for now. Yeah, he really left some defenders in the dust, that's for sure. So for you, in terms of blocking for all these different guys and – you get to have all these different experiences. I believe you had uh, 20 starts during your time in Pittsburgh. Do you have a favorite block that you can think of that really sticks out as a, as a fun memory for you? Um, you know, I think my first start against the Bengals um, in Cincinnati, we were running uh, power to my side over and over and over. And I was just kind of really getting at Geno Atkins. Um, you know, Ramon would post him up, stand him up, and I would come down and crush him and then get on a linebacker and push him through. And, uh, Jonathan Dwyer is just squeezing through there. I think, um, I think my rookie year, we had. Uh, I mean, what, before I got out on IR, I kind of blew my ankle out. Um, we had the highest rushing yards of the season. We really were winning games from the rushing game. Um, you know, guys like Jonathan Dwyer were being, you know, thrust into the spotlight because as an O line, we were really getting it done. Um, and in those big games and those big moments, especially when you're trying to close a game out. Um, that's what that's what's important. Um, I think in any game, you know, they they show the stats and it's like the team that wins the rushing battle and the turnover battle uh, wins the game like close to 90 some percent of the time. So, um, you know, just always being a part of those was always great. And then um, there was also another play uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, I think it was my third year. Um, it was a fake run and I was playing tight end. 
And, uh, you know, we really sold the fake. And I think Ben hit Martavis for like a 95-yard touchdown or something. Um, and, yeah, man, those, those moments when, um, you know, as a lineman, you're just blocking, 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 and you just hear the crowd go crazy, and you know that you scored a touchdown. That's like a, a feeling that, you know, rivals any other feeling. I bet. Well, and you mentioned you played some – you got to line up a tight end a fair amount during your time in Pittsburgh, too. What – I mean, when, when you're a big man running some routes, too, I think uh, against Oakland was – I think in 2013, I for sure saw one of those. What, what was the reaction of some of the guys to see you running a crossing route or just out there running and looking like you catch a pass? Um, the guys loved it, you know. And, uh, you know, we would run those plays in practice and Ben would throw me the ball from time to time. Um, you know, at first he uh, – he was kind of kind of not cool about it and would throw some ball, like beam him right in my face. And I'd just knock him down. I'd be like, bro, come on. Um, but no, I mean, he is, you know, always having fun. And, um, you know, I did get a chance to catch some passes in practice. Um, never got a chance in the game, but there was a game against the Lions my third year. Uh, I think we had the Bumblebee jerseys on where uh, I was wide open in the end zone, waving my hand. And uh, Ben threw it to the fullback, and I was heartbroken because uh, I caught the touchdown in practice that week. Um, but no, I mean it, it was always fun. It was a uh, it was a great time, um, you know. And it was a break getting to go do individual period with the tight ends rather than the O line. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, and it would have been awesome to see a, an offensive tackle catch a catch a pass in a game too. Well, and because I usually like to end the podcast because it is called ineligible receivers with a question of whether or not you have lineman hands, but it sounds like you clearly do not have what some people might call lineman hands. Yeah, I definitely do not have lineman hands. Um, I think it, like the year after I got them playing, I was, so I coach um, the O-line here for a draft draft prep uh, program at Grissetti's Performance based out of Newcastle, PA. Um, and I, you know, I was first year out, I lost a bunch of weight. I was ripped, you know, I had a six pack for the first time, all that. And um, you know, my guys, you know, loved it when I'd be in there with them. So I trained with them, kind of got the bug back, thought about playing tight end, trained, you know, training daily, um, you know, twice a day, receivers, coach, all that kind of stuff, um, running routes, all that. And, man, I had a great time doing it. But then, um, you know, I got some calls towards the end of camp. And, uh, you know, when I really had to think about going across the middle and catching balls and getting crushed and, I was kind of like, man, I've already had back surgery. I've already had knee and shoulder surgery. I think I'm, I think I'll just call it a day. But man, I, I got great hands. Let me tell you that. Sounds like it. Well, Mike Adams, really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure, and thanks so much for joining me on this. Hey, man, thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate you. My thanks to Mike Adams for spending time with me for this episode, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, you'll also probably enjoy my first conversation with former Missouri offensive lineman Kevin Pendleton, who chatted with me for the first episode. And you can find that first episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, for future episodes, make sure to keep an eye on our Twitter feed, which you can find at OlinePod. This has been another episode of Ineligible Receivers. I'm Nick Kelly. I'll talk to you next week.